Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. As you know, our vision for this year is connect to God, connect with people, and find hope. I realized over the last couple of days that we're approaching that halfway mark in this year. And we've said a lot of things about connect to God and connect with people. But we just, we haven't paused yet to consider the word hope. And so this morning, I'd like to address that factor within this equation of our vision. As you know, we have encouraged you to connect to God and find, discover a new revelation of his fatherhood so that you can truly understand who you are as a son. Number two, we encourage you to connect with people because there is power in our partnership. We can do more together than we could ever do alone. And today, I want to talk about finding hope. This is important because this allows us to build a bridge to our future. So there are questions that we have to ask. What is hope? Why is hope so important? How do I find hope? And what will I do to keep hope alive? The Centers for Disease Control recently released a report that shows that between 1999 and 2016, suicide rates went up by more than 30% in over half the United States. That suggests that hopelessness, depression, and suicidal thoughts could be coming together causing a big mental health challenge. We see this in the news here recently of all the mass shootings that are taking place across this nation. There is a psychosis that has gripped this nation. I was shocked the other day, as you were, to see the report of the 14-year-old boy and the 12-year-old girl who broke into a home, took firearms, and were shooting at the police. She made the statement to that young boy at 14, I'm going out and I'm going down like some video game they were watching. The nation is trying to understand what's happening to people. And I can tell them in many cases, it's simply the internet, that dark world that captures people's minds and twists their spirits and corrupts their souls. This nation in many ways is in trouble. There's a psychosis that's gripped us and coming out of 2020 hasn't helped any because of all that happened to this nation and to the world. People are struggling. Man can live 40 days without water, three days without, excuse me, 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, but only one second without hope. Arthur Unknown. 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, but you just can't make it without hope. That's what happens to people. Oppression, depression, hopelessness, suicide. It's ironic that Chuck Pierce in his birthday greeting said, Randy, come out of depression, come out of oppression here on this message today. I think this is a prophetic moment that God is speaking to us as a church saying, let's pull people out. Let's pull this community out of depression. Let's pull people out of that oppressive spirit. Let's help people find hope. That's why I asked the staff to wear their t-shirts today that says find hope. 
You see, the human spirit begins to die without the oxygen of hope. Find hope. Father, bless the reading of your word. Holy Spirit, speak to us today and help us to find hope in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Very quickly, just a few questions. What is hope? Hope is a cord, cord to your future. Jeremiah 29, 11. You have to understand that this is a very positive scripture and a very negative chapter. This is the time when Israel is in captivity in Babylon. So this is a very positive, uplifting scripture in a very dark time. But he said to them, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. Notice that. Plans to give you hope and a future. The word hope there in the Hebrew means a cord or an attachment, an expectation of what I long for. Powerful. Never saw that before. A cord, an attachment to what I'm longing for in the future. So my first point here this morning is hope is an attachment keeping you connected to your God-created future. Now remember, I want you to grab that. The Bible says that the days of a man's life are numbered and every one of them was written in the book of Psalms was written in his book of destiny. My life has a destiny and my days are numbered and there is a cord that keeps me attached to my God-created future. And how many knows that the devil's doing everything he can to cut that cord? Every day of my life, the enemy is trying to get me distracted. He's trying to get me chasing other things. He's trying to keep me from my God-given destiny. You see, hope is an expression of confidence in your future, that euphoric emotion that creates determination and courage to keep moving forward. Remember, you can't live one second without hope. We have to have that euphoric emotion that keeps me moving, determined, that gives me the courage to move forward in spite of my circumstances and the opposition that I face. Hebrews chapter six, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature, notice that, and that's referring to God and his purpose, his unchanging nature of his purpose, very clear to the heirs of what was promised, that's you and me. He confirmed it with an oath. That is a solemn promise. Verse 18, God did, did this so that by two unchangeable things, number one, that he's unchanging, two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie. That's the second one. Number one, God never changes. And number two, God doesn't lie. Verse 19, we have this hope. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where the Shekinah glory of God is, where my future, my destiny lies. So think of this. The writer of Hebrews is saying, number one, God doesn't change. And number two, he doesn't lie. And that is the anchor for your hope. You can anchor down in that. You can lock down in that. The anchor, the hope of your future. God does not change and he has not changed his mind about you. You say, but pastor, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. 
God has not changed his mind about you. Look at David and all that he did, and yet God still worked with him. I'm not condoning sin. I'm not condoning adultery. I'm not condoning murder. But I'm telling you that God has not changed his mind. He's the God of a second chance. The Bible says in John, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Mistakes will be made. Failure will happen. You're going to fall. But get up and keep moving forward. You can't stop. You can't give up. I've said it to you a thousand times. Now, we're not, don't let your mind go into immorality. I'm not talking about that. But we as people are going to struggle every day. And I've said to you a thousand times, you're going to try and you're going to fail. I get that. But just make sure you fell forward. Just keep failing forward. Just keep failing forward. Keep stumbling forward. Keep moving towards your destiny. Keep moving forward. And you're going to reach it. God hasn't changed his mind about you. Number two, the hope of your future. God does not lie and he will keep his promise. God hasn't changed his mind about you and God will keep his promises to you. That's why this is the hope of your future. The anchor that you have is God doesn't change and God doesn't lie. And then last of all, this hope anchors your soul to your future. It locks you down. I can get up every day and I can face opposition. I can face resistance. I can face failure. I can try and fail and get back up and try again. And what keeps me going is my soul is anchored into my future. And those two facts that God hasn't changed his mind about me. And God will keep his promises. Every prophetic promise that God has given me will come to pass if I'll just hold on. The anchor of hope will keep your soul from drifting off course during the storms of life. Whenever the storms of life come, and how many knows they will come? Storms will come, but my soul is anchored into my future. My soul is anchored into those two unchangeable things that God doesn't change his mind and that God will keep his promises. And that's what locks my soul down. That's what keeps my ship on course. It keeps me from drifting off course. It keeps me from drifting drifting into bitterness or, or, or anger. It keeps me from drift, drifting into uh, to apathy and indifference. It keeps me from drifting into lifestyles that I have no business fooling with. It keeps me from drifting off course. It keeps me rock solid, moving towards my destiny every day day of my life. My soul is anchored. It keeps me solid. It keeps me focused. It keeps me determined and it gives me the courage that I need to fight a fight every day. The anchor of my soul. You see, hope is the power of tomorrow. Refuse to let go of your, of your hope line. Your hope line. Hope is the power of tomorrow. It's what keeps me moving forward. Don't let go of your hope line. Don't stop hoping. Don't stop believing and trusting him. He hasn't changed his mind about you. You say, but pastor, you, you don't know. I, I've wasted so many years of my life. That's okay. You still got years to come. You say, but pastor, you don't know I tried and I failed. Get up and try again. 
You say, well, pastor, I, I tried one business and it failed. We'll try again. You say, well, pastor, I, you, you, you got to hold on to your hope line because God has not changed his mind about you. And number two, he doesn't lie. His promise will come to pass. You got to hold on to those two unchangeable things because based on those two things, God made a solemn promise to the heirs of the promise. He said, hold on to that. That's your hope line. Number two, why is there a need for hope? There's a need for hope because there's a national heart disease that's taking place. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. There's a sickness that has gripped this nation. A sickness, a psychosis. There's a heart disease that's taking place. People have, are losing hope. People are giving up. So my second point to you is this. Holistic health. Holistic health. Spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, relationally. Holistic health is only possible with a high level of hope. You've got to have a high level of hope. Especially with us living in Matthew 24 in the days of sorrow. The birth pains. As we're living in these days, it takes a high level of hope. If you're going to make it through these days, you're going to have some high level of hope. Hope for tomorrow. Hope for the future. You have to do it. Howard Hendricks said this. Discouragement is the anesthetic the devil uses on a person just before he reaches in and carves out their heart. Discouragement. The enemy will come along and he'll just, he'll give you that deadening thing of discouragement where you, you stop, you lose feeling. You lose that sense of hope. And then he reaches in and he cuts out your heart. That's what the devil does. That's why I mentioned earlier about oppression can lead to depression, which can lead to hopelessness, which can lead to suicide. You see, the enemy will come along and he'll give you that, that, that anesthesia. I don't know if that's, that's the way you say that. He'll, he'll, he'll hit you with that, 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 you know, that deadening thing and, and, and that discouragement will go through you and, and suddenly you quit feeling. That's why, that's why he said in Matthew 24, in the last days, the love of many would grow cold. People lose the ability to feel. People lose hope. People get filled with discouragement. People give up. People are giving up on every side on a, and every day. They're giving up. And, and this is the enemy because he wants to cut your heart out. You see, hope is the essential of life because hope produces courage. Hope keeps you optimistic. Hope produces creativity. Hope keeps you determined. Your hope, that euphoric emotion, is what keeps you, keeps you focused, keeps you going keeps you optimistic. It keeps you determined. And that's where the creative juices really start flowing. You've got to have hope. You've got to believe in tomorrow. The hope of your future can master the fear of your past. Hope can keep you going. Hope, hope will master the fear of your past. It, it causes you to get up and I'm going to try again. I, listen, I, you know, I say this jokingly, but it's really the truth. I've told you so many times how most Monday mornings, most pastors resign. They say, I ain't never preaching again. 
That, that, this morning I did. I turned on Channel 4, 7.30, one city, one city church, and here we come, and the guy starts preaching, and I go, no. I turned the channel. I couldn't watch myself. I, I think it, you shouldn't have said that. You should have said this. You did that wrong. You said that wrong. It, it's, you, you critique yourself until you just, you just quit watching it. And, and, and that's, but, but you, you, you come through that. It's, everybody does. We go through that. But then you get up and on Tuesday morning, you say, I can do it again. And, and you see, hope keeps you going. Hope keeps you going. Hope, hope, the hope of your future will help you to overcome the fear of your past. And it keeps you moving and it keeps you trying. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality, and it becomes the foundation that we stand on. Our hope stands on, our, on our, the foundation of our faith. But here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. Where there is no hope, faith becomes unnecessary. Faith is the evidence of things not seen the things I hope for. So if there's no hope, there's no need for faith. That's why the enemy is after your hope. He knows this. Where when we stop hoping and dreaming, we stop building bridges to our future. When we stop hoping and dreaming, we stop building bridges to our future. When he cuts the cord, the attachment, hope to our future, when he cuts it, our ship begins to drift and we get out of focus. We lose our way and we end up on the rocks and we end up shipwrecked because we lost our cord to the future. You see, he knows if he can get you to stop hoping and dreaming, you'll lose your faith. He knows it. When you have hope and you get up in the morning and you're dreaming and you're hoping, and you have an expectation of tomorrow, your faith rises up in you and you start believing God for this and you start believing God for that and you start focusing on this and you, 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 you stay disciplined with this and you stay determined with that and, and you're moving and you find courage and optimism and you're going to change the world. But when you lose hope in your future and you get discouraged and, and he cuts your heart out, then you have no need for faith. And you just quit. We stop praying. We stop searching the word. We stop going to church. We stop believing. We stop trying. We lose our determination. We lose our courage. When we stop dreaming, we have no need for our faith. And we stop building bridges to the future. So what is our hope? Our hope is a cord. A cord to God's created destiny. Why do we need hope? Because without it, there's a heart disease that begins to, to, to work into us. And when we get that heart disease, we lose our faith. Number three, how do we find hope? How do we find it? A doctor said in 1965, from a study, when animals are subjected to difficult situations they cannot control, they become passive and stop trying to escape. 
when an animal is trapped and it's out of their control, they try for a while to escape, but when they can't, they just, they give up, they, they get in the fetal position, they, they coil up and they become passive and they'll just die when there's no hope. How do you find hope? My third point is this. Our hope and view of the future determines our decisions and our actions. If I have a hope for tomorrow, that hope that I have is going to determine my decisions today and the actions that I take. I won't do anything or behave in any way that might jeopardize my future. I won't do it. If I have a hope today, if I have a hope today for tomorrow, if I have that cord and I'm attached to it and I'm, it's pulling me into my destiny, I will delay immediate gratification for a future reward. We know that. So I'm wise how I invest my, my time, my talent, and my treasure because I'm believing for a future reward. I, 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 there's, there's things that I won't engage in now because I'm believing for something tomorrow. I'm going to make a difference. And so I'm building a bridge to my future. And so you see my decisions and my actions today are determined by the hope of tomorrow. So I wanted to give you an acrostic so you can remember this. Okay. So you can take, take it with you. The letter H. Okay. Now, some preachers, you know, I don't do this often because in some, some circles it's considered corny, but can we be corny today? Okay. Acrostic. H means hear what God is saying about your future. When the devil comes in and he tries to discourage you, remember this word hope in H stands for hear what God is saying about your future. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. That's what God is saying to you. So the question again I ask, what does God know about your future that you don't? Hope. Hear what God is saying about your future. God knows something about tomorrow that we don't know. And that excites me. That excites me. He said, I know the plans I have for you. What do you know? That's why... I tell you all the time, go into the secret place, get along with father and let him whisper kingdom secrets. I preached a message here, 2010, I believe a series called the whispers of God. And, and you can, you can get along with him and, and he'll whisper the secrets of, of the kingdom to you. We saw it in the different levels of revelation with the 70, the 12, the three, and the one, the disciples. Only one disciple laid his head on his chest and heard the heartbeat of God. But there are whispers, whispers. That's why I'm always encouraging you. Get along with him and let the spirit of prophecy come and, and let him whisper things to you. Let him whisper the mysteries of the kingdom. Let him reveal things to you. I'm always praying for revelatory knowledge. I was in here yesterday praying, and I'm saying, Father, give me revelatory knowledge. Give me downloads. Show me things. I, I was praying, God, please, my people deserve better than me. My people deserve better than a sermon. My people deserve a rhema word. They need to hear from you, Father. Father. 
So I'm asking you to give me a, a rhema word. You don't need me, you need him. You don't need my sermon, you need his message. So I'm, all, I'm praying, Father, you, you've got to speak to me. You've got to give me a rhema word and then let the spirit of prophecy come over me and let me deliver that message that will inspire, awaken, bring hope to the hopeless people of Southeast Texas. You've got to help me. The anointing makes all the difference in the world. Hope. We have to hear what God is saying about your future. The letter O stands for overlook your present circumstances and see future possibilities. Back to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, I know the plans, so you need to hear me. And then he said, they're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Now, remember, this is a good scripture, a good word, and a bad chapter. They're in Babylon and captivity. And God comes in and says, hey, I got plans for you. And they're going, Really? Now, come on, guys, just, 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 you, just think if you were picked up from America and you were dropped, let's say, in a foreign country and you were in some type of a, an imprisonment situation and God comes into your cell at midnight, he says, hey, I got a good word for you. I know the plans I have for you. There are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And it's like, really? Could you kind of reveal that right now because I could use a little help right now go you tracking with me but what he was saying to them is I want you to overlook your present circumstances and see the possibilities of your future hope O stands for overlook where you are right now and see where God is taking you hope this is what hope does keep your hope tethered to his unfolding, unchanging plan and not your ever-changing circumstances. Think of a blueprint. You go into a, a, you go on a construction site. They've always got, you know, the little trailer. You go in, big table, big set of plans. And you take the plans, you grab on the right corner and you pull it back. And you see, you know, of course, I'm an expert in this. So you see the electrical and then you pull the next one back and you see the plumbing and, and you pull the next, and the guys are out there right now thinking that's not the way it works, Pastor, but it works for me here, okay? So you pull it back and you see the structural part of it. And, and so you're, you're seeing, but you have to understand, this is an ever unfolding plan. And it's, it's unchanging. From the first page to the last page, it doesn't change. Are you with me? It's unfolding and it's unchanging. And you've got to keep yourself tethered to that plan. Your circumstances are ever-changing. Listen, if your life is tethered to your circumstances, you're going to be in trouble. If your life is tethered to this nation, you're going to be in trouble. If your life is tethered to the, to the structures and the institutions of this world, you're going to be in trouble. Because we understand, just like with the stock market, it goes up, it comes down. We understand that circumstances are always changing, always changing, always changing. And if you're tethered to that, you're going to be like a ship driven by the storm. 
You've got to keep yourself tethered to the unfolding, unchanging plan of God for your life. If you don't, you're going to get in trouble. You've got to overlook. He said, I got plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Not to harm you. He said, forget Babylon. Forget where you're at right now. I'm not going to hurt you. Plans to prosper you. Wow. The letter P means prophesy. Prophesy your future instead of empowering your present circumstances. Prophesy your future instead of empowering your present circumstances. That's why when we get into a difficult time, we have to be careful with the words of our mouth because we have a tendency to empower the circumstances that are crippling us. You can either worry and empower your circumstances or you can worship and prophesy your future. You've got to speak to the future. You've got to bring yourself into God's, that God created destiny. You cannot allow yourself to be crippled. Notice Jeremiah 29, 11 again. He says, look, I know something and it's something to help you. And right in the middle of it, it says, declares the Lord. Now, I'd never really looked at that before until yesterday, but it says, declares the Lord. The word declares there in the Hebrew means the declaration of a prophet but it goes on to say, revelation of a prophet in an ecstatic state. Ecstatic. So again, try to envision this with me. Good scripture, good word, bad chapter, bad time. Israel, captivity, Babylon. God comes in like uh, just ecstatic. Just ecstatic. And saying, guys, wow, you can't believe this. But I've got, I know the plans I've got for you. You don't know, but I do. And I am ecstatic about what's coming. It is plans to prosper you. I don't forget about where you are right now. The harm, don't, don't forget about all that. But I am telling you, I got plans to prosper you. And, and, and this plan, it should give you a hope because it's connected to your future. I, you, you, do you understand what he's doing here? He's ecstatic. So here's the thing that we have to do in difficult situations. Feed your hope. Feed your future. The energy of his prophetic promise. Feed your hope. When you start getting discouraged, go back to the prophetic words that he's given you. I do it. The staff will tell you. Whenever they get, I get a prophetic word, I ask them to either email it to me, record it, and send it to me. And I have a file in my computer that says prophetic words. And I dump them in that file. And every so often, I'll go back and click on it, and I'll listen to Dutch Sheets. I'll listen to, I'll read Chuck Pierce. I'll, I'll listen to John Kilpatrick. I'll listen to other, other prophecies and dreams that were come out of this house. People that words have been given to me. And I encourage myself. I take the energy of that prophetic word and I feed my hope with it. I take the energy of that prophetic word and I feed my future with it. I feed it. Listen, if you don't feed it, it's going to die. It's going to die. That's why I've told you for years, you need to be careful who you associate with. You, 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 you got to be careful. You can't soar with eagles and run with turkeys. You're going to have to learn just to shoo them turkeys off. People, staff enjoyed that. That was deep theology. But 
I have a tendency to shoo away the turkeys. Get away from me. Negative, negative people. Chicken little, sky's always falling. Just get away from me. I don't know what the bird thing is today, but we're there. The anointing's on it, chickens and turkeys. But just, just get away from me. Get away. I want to soar with eagles. I want to fly with eagles. Negative, always negative. Nothing's ever right. Never good enough. Get away from me. Always tell me what I can't do. Always, you know, listen, that's, that's, that's carnality. That's the soul. And you've got to stay away from my stuff. It'll pull you down. It's going to be tough days and you're going to have to fight a good fight. But you've got to stay strong and take your hope and feed it. Feed it with the energy of that prophetic word. God jumped up to Israel and said, man, I'm ecstatic. You can't believe what's coming. That means prophesy your future. Prophesy your future. Get into the prophetic word. Let it encourage you. Surround yourself with eagles, men and women that will tell you, you can, you can, God will. God will. You need to be around people that are going to build you up and not tear you down. Challenge you? Absolutely. Give you a strong word. No problem. Remember, love will always tell the truth, and truth must always be spoken in love. But find people that will tell you the truth, but that tell you because they love you and going to build you up. You've got to prophesy your future. E, you okay? We're almost done. E means encourage yourself. In his plan. Encourage yourself in his plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 again. Look at it there. At the end. You never knew there was so much in that one verse, did you? But we're going we, we squeezing that rag and getting every drop out of it. But notice this 29, 11. He said, look, I know the plans I have for you. So you got to hear what he's saying. He says, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So you got to overlook it, the, the bad stuff. And then he said, I'm declaring this right now with ecstatic that means prophesy. And then the last few words, he said, look, this is plans to give you hope and to give you a future. You've got to encourage yourself in his plan. Plans to give you hope. Plans that will feed your hope. Plans that will keep you connected to your future. Plans that keep you tethered to your destiny. Plans that will give you hope. Notice this. And the Hebrew word plans, it means in a machine, an intention or a plan, a thought, a device or an invention. God is saying, <laughs> my God, look, he's saying like a pregnant woman. Elohim is saying this. He's the creator God. He is saying like a pregnant woman, Elohim has impregnated your future with creative ideals. Do you understand? He said, I got plans that are full of thoughts and device and invention and machinery and, and ideals. And I got plans. I got plans for your future. I got ideals for your future. And this is Elohim speaking. Elohim is saying, I've impregnated your future with creativity with ideals, with, with inventions. And how many believes that the greatest ideals should be coming out of the church? It should be. We, we talk about it often how I hear people say all the time, did you know that this was invented in Israel? Did you know that this was invented in Israel? Did you know that this was invented in Israel? 
Say that all the time. That's because the favor of Elohim is on that nation. And if the church world, the Christians would tap into that and wake up, the Jews know who they are and their covenant with Elohim. But the church needs to wake up to that and realize who we are in covenant with. Elohim is his name, creator God. And if we would do that, then our young people could start coming alive. And, and we, need, we need doctors and lawyers and we need politicians and we need, we need uh, entrepreneurs and we need new businesses and we need God ideals and inventions. And how many believes that their inventions could come out of this house? I pray God gives you a God idea and you come up with an invention that's going to make you millions and you're going to tithe. I pray that so I can preach the gospel. You win, I win, the missionaries win, everybody is good because of one idea, one invention, one man, one woman that tapped into Elohim and says, you've got plans for me. My future is impregnated with creativity. Come on, Holy Spirit, talk to me. know the plans I have for you and this is going to encourage you I said it to you here several weeks ago I've yet to preach my best message you've yet you've yet to see your greatest miracle we have yet to do our greatest project it's out in front of us because our future is impregnated with creative ideals Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. We're talking about our hope. How do we find it? You find it in Jeremiah 29, 11. That's how you find it. But in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus said to the disciples, one day Jesus taught the apostles to keep praying and never stop or lose hope. Pray don't lose your hope. So here's, here, here's a word for you. In difficult times, you're either going to panic or you're going to pray. You're going to be hopeless or you're going to have hope. Now you write this down. Fact. Prayer keeps hope alive. Because prayer takes me into the king's chamber. And there he whispers kingdom secrets to me. He tells me who I am in Christ. He tells me about my future. He says, Randy, listen to me, son. I know the plans I have for you. I'm so excited about it. Like a father with a son, with a grandson. He says, I'm so excited. Their plans, their plans to prosper you, son, not to harm you. I'm not going to hurt you. You need to know that if you'll just focus on this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you hope. It's going to give you a future. Just hold on, son. Prayer keeps hope alive. You've got to learn to go into prayer and talk to him and let him talk to you. Prayer keeps hope alive. You see, the enemy wants you to lose hope so your faith will die. Because where there's no hope, no future, there's no need for faith. So I'm here this morning to tell you, keep your hope alive. Stephen, come help me.
My closing encouragement to you is this. The word hope in our dictionary means a feeling of expectation, a desire for a certain thing to happen. How many knows that feelings can come and go? So that's not the kind of hope we're talking about. Psalms 42:11 says, why my soul are you downcast? This is David talking, running from Saul. Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He's calling his soul to attention. And he says, don't get discouraged. Put your hope in God. So you see, the hope of your future is not tethered to your feelings or your desires. But it's anchored. It is anchored to God's unchanging nature and his solemn promise. It is anchored to that. You cannot, you cannot allow yourself to be tethered, to be tethered to your circumstances or to your feelings. You can't do that. You got to remember what Hebrews 6 said. My hope is anchored. My soul is anchored to him. This year's vision, this year's vision, we're going to connect to him. We're going to connect to who he is as Father God. And by understanding who he is, I'm able to understand who I am. I'm going to connect to him and to his opinion of who I am. He never changes. Even when I try and fail, he still loves me. He never changes. Although people will turn their back on me and walk away, he doesn't. I connect to him. I connect to my destiny in him. My destiny, my, his book of destinies. And then I connect with you because of power and partnership. And together we can get this done. And then I go to Jeremiah 29, 11. And I find hope because he knows something I don't know about my future. And he's real excited about it. And he says, it's plan, son, to prosper you and not to harm you. And it's there to give you hope. To see, help you focus on your future. In Jeremiah 29, 11, I find my hope. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.